0: The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with benefits like four times membership reward points that adapt to your top two eligible spending categories each month on up to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in purchases each year and up to three hundred ninety five dollars in annual statement credits on eligible purchases as select business merchants. The MX Business Gold Card now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com/businessgoldcard. business gold card.
4: and treat yourself to some conair girl bomb magic you deserve it available at walgreens tired of spills and stains on your sofa wash away your worries with anabay anabay the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices that's right sofas from only 639 dollars
0: Let's get this started. I'm super glad to be here with you today because in this first conversation that we're going to have is about corporate responsibility and closing the wealth gap. Who realizes that actually corporations do have a responsibility in in making this, My man, one person knows that corporations have a responsibility here. Uh, The blueprint presented by Northwestern Mutual this fireside uh, discussion will delve into the critical role of corporate responsibility in addressing the wealth gap through real-time examples of how Northwestern Mutual is doing it. They, especially they have the SARE Task Force, which is a Sustained Action for Racial Equity Task Force. So they're putting people whose jobs it is to make sure this thing happen, happens. In collaborations with global partners, there, these speakers will explore successful strategies, actionable frameworks, and best practices that companies can adopt to actively participate in closing the wealth gap, ultimately promoting economic equity, financial literacy, and inclusive financial well-being for all. So, we're going to have this conversation with Abim Kolawole who is Vice President, Chief Audit Executive, and a member of the company's enterprise leadership group and was appointed executive sponsor for the CEO-led Sustained Action for Racial Equity Initiative aimed at helping to close the racial wealth gap. And the moderator here today is Dennis Kale, co-founder and CEO of Zerchu. And so Zurchu, uh, and, so, and he's also a Navy veteran. Any veterans in the building right now? Any families of veterans? No, I like that. Thank, you, thank them and thank you guys for your service. He's an SMU graduate, bank board member, and award-winning entrepreneur, including Afrotech Future 50 honoree this year. Forbes Next 1000, CEO 500NEY Entrepreneur of the Year winner. Welcome to the stage, moderator, Dennis Kale, and our panelists, Abim Kolawole.
5: All right, round of applause, Here he is,
6: <laughs> But I knew a BIM would hold it down for us, so thank you, sir.
5: That's what we do as military veterans, right? Thanks for your
6: service. Thank you. Uh, happy to serve and happy to be here. So, uh, let's get it kicked off. I'm ready. You know? Start with you. You know, Northwestern Mutual, financial services company, Founded in 1857, been around 166 years. You guys are big backers and supporters of black businesses, of black companies, founders, underrepresented founders. Can you talk a little bit about how that support fits into your overall mission from an organizational standpoint?
5: Yeah, absolutely, but before I get started, I just want to take a moment to say uh, thank you so much for having us, it's always a pleasure. I was here in March of last year and the energy in the room was palpable. It's just incredible to see a sea of African Americans uh, here and to be able to have this conversation with you is is phenomenal, so thanks, thanks for having us. Um, to the point you made, Northwestern Mutual is a financial services company based out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I moved here from New York City to go join that company for a variety of reasons. One of the principal reasons was exactly the commitment, what we're going to be talking about today. I saw a company that was so committed. The vision of the company is to eliminate financial anxiety from Americans. In particular, we know that underserved communities, there's this gap within underserved communities. And I could see at that time, 20 years ago, when I was packing up from New York City and moving to Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Wisconsin that I was gonna connect with a company that had a deep vision and mission around financial security for all. Now fast forward, through the 10, 20 years that I've been at the company, the company's been involved in a variety of things in the community, trying to improve the lives of the community because it matters to us in terms of how we develop the communities. Um, Fast forward to unfortunate murder of George Floyd, we decided to really, really double down in a very sustained uh, way to really begin to uplift communities, particularly the black and African American community. And I'm sure we're gonna be going a a lot deeper into the sustained action for racial equity, but our CEO basically took it upon himself post the George Floyd murder to actually conduct one-on-one interviews. How many people do that? One-on-one interviews with black and African Americans to deeply understand the experiences, not only within the community, but our advisors. And he came away really committed even more committed, building on all the things that he had been doing, that we had been doing for years, to really make sure that we have a program, which I'm very proud of to be the executive sponsor today, that is leading the charge. And again, I'm sure we'll get into the details, but high level, we created the Sustained Action for Racial Equity, a task force, chaired by the CEO. And I say chaired by the CEO, because in this day and age, there's nothing more important, in my opinion, than leadership courage. Right. I was reading a little about Deon Sanders today, and they talked about the audacity to be brave. And I am just so proud to work for a CEO who is so brave, to be in a position like this myself, to recognize that people are waiting for us to take a step back, and instead we're leaning forward. Um, so I'm sure we'll get into a lot of the programmatic aspects of the things that I'm very proud of, how we're leading and supporting black businesses. Um, but just wanted to say that This commitment we've had is built on generations, but we're even more committed to make sure that we are reaching and touching lives, particularly in the underrepresented communities.
6: Thank you for that, and thank you for your courage too.
5: Absolutely, Now I'm gonna flip it back to you, right? Uh, We're here talking about one of the things that inspired us as part of some of the initiatives was this uh, notion of access to capital. We wanted to make sure that as Part of building on how we've been supporting black businesses and underrepresented communities for, for decades, we knew that obviously the gap in terms of access to capital is real. This has been studied. And we talked about three things. I like to say it's getting in the game, so access to capital to get in the game, to start a business. Thriving in the game in terms of full-on financing, and then you know, obviously creating the opportunity to scale businesses such that they could be suppliers to companies. So what's your experience, Dennis, in terms of getting in the game, staying in the game, and thriving in the game? You have a business that is doing pretty well. You're thriving right now. Why don't you talk a little bit about your business model, what you do, and then speak to some of those categories.
6: Sure, thanks, Abim. Uh, so just by way of quick background, uh, Dennis Kell, founder, CEO of Uh We have a mission to drive financial equity and inclusion, one relationship at a time. And we do that by simplifying loans between friends and family and baking in some bill pay transparency. So if I borrow $300 from a BIM to pay my past due AT&T bill, once a BIM approves that loan instead of the money coming to me, Zurchu sends that money straight to AT&T minus our success fee. So that's how we make money. And I came up with this idea probably 10 plus years ago because my sister and other family members would borrow money from me and I had limited success in getting that money back. And so my thought process was, how do I take the awkwardness out of this but also help make them more accountable? But the big issue I had was not really knowing that the money was being used for the intended purpose. And so I give you that context because my background started and my career started in the Navy as a systems engineer setting up ship to shore, ship to ship communications. But prior to that, I grew up in very humble uh, beginnings. I grew up in low income public housing in Monroe, Louisiana. We didn't have banks or credit unions or financial services companies in my neighborhood, but we had several liquor stores and pawn shops that would cash your check for 30% of whatever your check was. So even at seven years old, I knew that was bad math. And so you fast forward, walked outside the naval base after boot camp, there's a lot of payday lenders, et cetera. And so I say that to say, me founding Virtue and starting this company is really mission driven, but it, it also goes back to making sure that I was being intentional about finding investors like Northwestern Mutual that are aligned with our mission because that is extremely critical and uh, it's not ever about just taking money from anyone. One of the first questions I ask any investor is, what do you bring beyond the capital?
7: Are you all about the NBA action? You've got to try Pick 6, the newest fantasy app from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit to receive a match of up to $100 in Pick 6 credits. Non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only. Expire after 180 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18-PLUS in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co. Slash Pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Resourceful
0: small business owners know how to get value from the purchases they already make for their businesses each month. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like four times membership reward points that automatically adapt to your top two eligible spending categories each month on up to $150,000 in purchases each year. So you earn more where your business spends the most, plus up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select shipping, food delivery, and retail subscription merchants. And with flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business and access to 24-7 support from a business card specialist you can continue to run your business with confidence the mx business gold card now smarter and more flexible that's the powerful backing of american express enrollment required terms apply learn more at americanexpresscom express.com business gold card
1: as a person with a very deep voice i'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns but a deep voice doesn't sell b2b and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell b2b either
2: That's Oracle.com slash strategic. Oracle.com slash strategic.
8: Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious.
6: Uh, I think that's important and I think you have to have people around the cap table, around the table that are in it with you for the mission and understand that you can do good, you can do well by doing good. And so that's what Zurchu sets out to do and I think it really starts with those early checks from investors and partners like Northwestern Mutual that are willing to take a risk on you. And then understand that you're going to do everything you can, not to make a liar out of them, and make sure you have a strong ROI. And so uh, for us, it's really about aligning yourself with the right partners early, because I I do think that has a lot to do with your uh, success. And by the way, they've made several introductions from a corporate standpoint so we can drive our revenue as well. And so there's so much more that they bring to the table, and that's what I encourage any founder of color to seek out is, is those investors that are aligned with you, that understand you, that understand the bridge that you're trying to build, uh, because that's gonna drive your success. And so I, 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 I take very little credit for the success we've had to date and uh, give most of that to the support system that we have around us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, back to you. So post-George Floyd, Okay, a lot of companies, corporations made a lot of commitments, a lot of promises. Most of those have been broken at this stage. And I'm sure everyone in this room can tell you some of those promises have been broken. Can we talk or can you tell us a little bit about Northwestern Mutual and your commitments then and now and sort of uh, where you guys are? And really, uh, what advice would you give to other corporations?
5: Yeah, I, I really like the topic of this conversation in terms of corporate social responsibility to close the wealth gap because we are all uniquely positioned to be able to do our, you know, a part in uh, helping to close the racial wealth gap. You know, I'm just going to share a little bit about the the why, the what, and the how. So, you know, I talked a little bit about the why that this is uniquely aligned to our vision. But we recently had a, another conversation with our CEO, and where we landed is. This is simply a growth strategy. It is good for business. It's more than just being altruistic, investing in your communities, doing what you can to really enable black business is good for business. We want to grow, we want to be relevant, we want to be competitive. The have a ever changing. And if you stick with your old business model, you will never grow, you will not be relevant, and you will not be competitive. So bar none, this is grounded in the business imperative. So that was sort of the initial kind of the why. And it's always very important, not that this is not important for social good, but from a corporate standpoint to be really grounded in the why, and we are so grounded in the why, unanimously around the company. Now, what did we decide to do? So again, post George Floyd, the CEO pulled a number of us together and said, I want you to think innovatively. I heard the word innovation used here. And my colleagues and I went to the drawing board and we started thinking about all kinds of ideas. And we, what was behind our minds was the sustained action. And that was very, very uh, deliberate. The CEO wanted to make sure this was not just a fleeting thing, because I've read all the articles about where all the commitments that companies made to grow black businesses and really foster the development of underrepresented businesses. And so we said it's sustained action. But we went to the drawing board and we said, what are we going to do? And there were a number of levers that we created, but we said, let's make this very strategic. So we created a strategy, and we made sure we allocated funds on par with every other corporate strategic initi- initiative, and I was asked to be the executive sponsor. So I was given a portfolio. I was given the money allocated to be able to do that, and that gave everybody the confidence that this is not just something stand by the side, but, but again, that spoke to kind of the sustained a- aspect of it. So getting into the exactly what we did, we recommended that we, created, we create a $100 million impact investing fund. Now, these things are not easy we had to create the case for that, and ultimately that passed muster. And the focus for the $100 million impact investing fund was around affordable housing, healthy, sustainable neighborhoods, and access to capital. So, step number one. Step number two is we have a corporate venture capital fund, about $150 million. And that fund is broadly deployed across all races, ethnicities, gender, but we wanted to make sure we had a little set aside, again, for black businesses. And that was Greenlit. Like, okay, let's let's do that. We wanted to make sure that the entrepreneurs that we will, we will be funding were strategically aligned to the company: fintech, insurtech, digital health, AI, that kind of stuff. So that was the second uh, uh, bucket. We then, my colleague and I, then said, "But we can't stop there. We have to make sure we start creating an ecosystem. Why don't we create an accelerator?" And we studied the Northwestern Mutual Black Fund Accelerator uh, as a complement of that and we're in the process of graduating the 30th uh, cohort, uh, uh, sorry, 30th members from the Accelerator. It's a 12-week program. People come to the program, get $100,000. They get an executive mentor from Northwestern Mutual and they graduate from the program and go on for, uh, to get other funding sources. As part of the Impact Investing Fund, we've also been partnering with local community development financial institutions, CDFIs, in the local area to make sure that they are able to loan to make loans to local business, because they have the expertise on the ground game. Um, And then we decided that also we wanted to take a look at our supply diversity program to make sure we can broaden that that program. So these are efforts and initiatives, key initiatives that I'm very, very proud of, that we're driving as hard as possible. On top of that, obviously, we're paying very close attention to the culture that we're creating. As part of the strategy, we had a cultural aspect of it. We had a talent aspect of it. And then we had an aspect of it that relates to being relevant in the marketplace. How do we show up in the marketplace? What would make people trust us, particularly, again, underrepresented communities? So I share the strategic approach with you, and I know it's a little painstaking to go through all the initiatives, but this, is, this was a very well thought out strategy that's resourced with specific initiatives and people aligned with those initiatives, and then we're beginning to measure proof points. And the proof points that are material, how do we know we actually make an impact? We want to make sure that the businesses we're funding are actually growing revenue. We want to count the number of people they're hiring, because obviously they're creating jobs. And we want to, for the accelerators, the the founders come in, we want to track sort of full-on funding, among many other ways of tracking actual real impact. So we're very, very proud of the work we've been doing. But I just wanted to underscore exactly the question you asked, which is, we're not seeing as many proof points, and I've read a number of articles about people leaving, you know, the commitments they've made, but there's no better time for us to double down the commitments we made, and I'm, I'm just really proud of how we're going about, about this.
6: Thank you for that. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna double click on something. Is there a call to action you would have for other companies just based on the ecosystem you just walked through and talked us through, you're not just throwing money at these companies or these founders uh, you're, and saying, you know, go make it happen and then wondering why they failed. You're actually building a support system, an ecosystem around this. Is there a call to action you would have for other organizations?
5: Yeah, know, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, the, the call to action is across, I would say, about three dimensions. I mean, the first is, frankly, from whatever your vantage point is, the call to action is that courage, the audacity to be bold, to continue to think outside of the box, because, you know, it's hard, you know, and there are times when you doubt it, there are times when people would, you know, impede the progress you trying to make, so that's number one call to action. Let's be bold, let's be audacious, obviously we have to think constructively and make sure it's grounded in the business, so that's number one. Number two is, it's beyond just activity. Even though I've mentioned a number of things that are very positive, I talked about how we want to measure progress at the end, the actual impact you're making. And let's make sure that the programs we're doing are actually tailored to deliver actual impact and not just activity. You know, lastly, you know, I would just basically say, closing the wealth gap for many may seem like boiling the ocean. It's a giant wealth gap. And there's so many doors you can open, so many dimensions you can take. And sometimes it may feel frankly, overwhelming. Like, how do I know if I'm scratching the surface? How do I know if I'm making an impact? I'm just going to go back to my tried and true ways or traditional ways.
0: Resourceful small business owners know how to get value from the purchases they already make for their businesses each month. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like four times membership reward points that automatically adapt to your top two eligible spending categories each month on up to $150,000 in purchases each year. So, you earn more where your business spends the most. Plus, up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select shipping, food delivery, and retail subscription merchants. And with flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business and access to 24 7 support from a business card specialist, you can continue to run your business with confidence. The MX Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Enrollment required, terms apply.
1: Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply.
8: Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious.
4: It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's anabe dot Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply.
5: The third call to action here is for, you know, some of us out from corporations, but within your vantage point, within your power construct, find ways to determine the kind of impact you can make, what door you can open. Um, Even if you're an entrepreneur, you probably have a network that you can expose other entrepreneurs to. And I'm sure you have thoughts around this, Dennis, Um, but it's a a universal call to action for us all to believe that as a a community, we're much better off if we uplift uh, one, one another.
6: That would be my call to action. Thank you for that. Thank you for your leadership too. Absolutely.
5: All right, I'm gonna ask you also what advice you have for people from your vantage point as an entrepreneur. Uh, granted, it's, been, it's not easy to build a business. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure most people in this room recognize the, uh, the number of times you get told no, um, the amount of time it takes to be able to get something started and then scale it. Um, but my question is sort of twofold. You asked me about from a corporate standpoint, mm-hmm. and I would ask from a corporate standpoint from a VC standpoint, and from an entrepreneurial standpoint. I'm sure you've experienced a lot of flavor between all those three. What advice would you have from your unique vantage point, given some of the challenges and nuances of experience for each one of those uh,
6: constituents? I think it's a great question. And I've, I've talked to all of those organizations and entities. And what I would say is, I'll start with corporate you touched on this. Corporate, I think if and when corporate comes to the table and they're looking at investing in uh, black founders or underrepresented founders, if if they come to that with the spirit of this is a charity versus this is an investment, I think it's the wrong start. I think, you know, that conversation doesn't go far and those commitments are going to fall off fairly quickly. <clears throat> so that's what I'm encouraged by what you guys are doing at Northwestern Mutual uh, in terms of understanding, you know, and vetting deals, right? So uh, when I'm talking with corporate investors, and you guys know this, it's the same diligence process as it would be if I'm talking to a VC. So for me, I approach it as if, you know, it's the same com- conversation. But when I hear organizations sort of give me clues that, you know, they're viewing this as a nice sort of thing to do because it's the right thing to do in the moment versus this being baked into their culture, I shy away from those corporate investors because I know they're not really committed to me, to investing in black founders and really helping us be successful. Uh, so that's one thing. Um, and I never got that impression with North, with Northwestern Mutual. So I would I would say to... Corporations, organizations, bake it into your culture. Okay, make sure that founders of color and other underrepresented founders know that they have just as much of a shot as getting an investment, assuming they're buttoned up, you know, and they can sort of demonstrate demonstrate the ROI uh, from there. VCs are very, very different. Uh, they're a different animal. Uh, corporations, from a corporate venture standpoint, that's not your core business. So you kind of have that luxury of sort of not living and dying off of these investments, but yet you approach it like it's a true investment. And I think this is important for founders in this room to understand how the VCs think. Uh, I, have, I had two term sheets earlier in the year, I'll give you an example, uh, that I turned down from VCs because uh, I felt like there was a lot of overreach in those term sheets and felt like they were just sort of taking advantage of the market and you know where we are collectively uh and that's hard to do as any one of you in this room will know that's hard to do in this this market you know when you're burning through capital you have a certain number of months and runway and all that but i did it because it was the right thing to do but i also knew i had other investors around the cap table that i can go to and say look I'm not filling this deal. I don't like it. I don't think it's good for the company long term. And uh, we had a couple of investors, uh, including Northwestern Mutual, that stepped up and led and co-led this recent round of funding our Series A that we've done. So this is a real-time example of making sure you have the right investors on your cap table early because you're going to need them later. Right? And so uh, sort of looking at it from a, What would I recommend to corporate, venture, as well as founders? Uh, And I think from a founder standpoint, as well as VCs, if I'm giving any founder in the room advice, when you're talking with VCs, I typically like to give them permission, and this may be counterintuitive, but I give them permission early on to say no. Now, the reason I do that is because I need them to, I need to have an objective conversation with them, and I need them to be able to actually hear my pitch, right? Because a lot of times these VCs feel like they're under pressure because you're a black founder, and oh, you know, it's maybe taking the wrong way if I say no to them. No. First thing I say to them is, look, you know, I'm viewing this first call. It's just an introduction call. You know, whether it goes anywhere or not, that's okay. You know, this is you and I getting to know each other, and I think more of us need to look at these investor conversations like dating, right? Uh, and I always compare talking to investors as if I'm dating <clears throat> because in, what you don't want to do is ask an investor to marry you on the first date, right? Uh, now, true story, I actually wanted to ask my wife to marry me on our first date. <laughs> but I knew she would have run away Right. You know, and and that would have been a bad thing for both of us. But so I had to get to know her. You know, The, the only thing I was working on with her was the second date. And I say to you, that's the only thing you should focus on with investors. The second date, getting to know them, because it's important that you both feel like you have permission to say no to each other. And by the way, I've said no to a lot of investors. But when you say no to investors, guess what they do? Introduce you to other investors. So it's important to understand, and I'm not even talking about how the game works, I'm just talking about how psychology works and how people are, you know, meet people where they are. Because at the end of the day, investors, especially venture capital investors, and what I've learned is two things that's important to them. They don't wanna be embarrassed by making a bad investment, and they always wanna look smart by making great investments, right? So understand that psyche going in and just kind of humble yourself and say, let's just have a conversation and get to know each other. And never go into an investor deal thinking, I need you guys to invest in the next two to two to three weeks. Not gonna happen. Uh, I started relationships with Northwestern Mutual about a year before they actually made an investment. And that's likely true for most of our investors now. Uh, so give yourself time. Give yourself enough runway to make the right decisions. Don't marry the first investor you meet.
5: Awesome. I'm sure we have, uh, do we have time for questions? Uh, if we do, um, we're certainly open yeah. to, to that. But have- there was one thing I want to just um, double down on. Um, sorry, can't see you.
0: We have time for two questions. Okay. You wanna stand up?
7: You want to Say where are you from, your
0: name?
1: Okay, I'm Hari, and I'm from Brooklyn. Um, okay. <laughs> My question is for you, uh, Dennis, is that right? How, um, what's the percentage that you're invested with venture capitalists versus like companies like Nimitz, like Northwestern, like what, what's the breakdown?
6: Oh, that's a great question. Didn't think about that until you asked me that, right? Uh, But just visualizing our cap table, it's about 70-30. Corporate, 70%, uh, 30% VC. In fact, our entire Series A, with the exception of one investor, was corporate. We had one VC, and I barely let that VC in. I was actually hell-bent on not taking any money from venture capital as part of our Series A, because I really want to show other founders that there's a different path to get where you're going, right? And so many times we put so much dependency on venture capital, uh, which, look, we need venture capital. But at the end of the day, they're still only investing 1% into black founders, right? So that's just a data point we can't ignore. So we need to get creative and start thinking outside of the box. And uh, corporate partners are just stepping up more and more But you have to deliver too. At the end of the day, so it's about seventy thirty. You say your name and where you're from.
2: I'm Mariah, and I'm from Brooklyn, but I live in Jersey now. Um, So my question is for both or either of you. Um, We talk a lot about mentorship, but then also sponsorship. And when you're looking at people um, looking to become entrepreneurs, there's a lot of research, obviously, and resources online, but. I find it more helpful when you can find a sponsor or someone to mentor you. Where would you suggest people go for those kind of interactions, build, obviously like networks like this, you can build, um, you can build relationships, but like, are there programs or are there certain avenues you would suggest new or young entrepreneurs to, to spaces to be in?
5: I can take that first and then you can comment. I mean, for us, it's uniquely within our accelerator program. And we match executives to the uh, founders, executives that have done all kinds of jobs and have the unique skill sets, whether it's the CTO, whether it's the CIO, whether it's the head of digital product, whatever the case may be, that can really advise and counsel. Uh, We have cohorts of only five, so we're able to deploy executives who bring that skill set. So that's what we've been doing, but I'm sure you can speak to kind of a broader mentorship.
6: I have very little to add to that because I think that's the route, that's the path, right? And so my only one add is that early on when we were raising our seat funding, I literally pitched every accelerator program there is. I, I didn't turn down, as my uncle used to say, I wasn't turning down nothing but my collar, right? And so for me, I showed up, I made the pitch, You know, in most cases we got in, uh, but it was really about getting access to those resources as you're alluding to, right? Because that's what we want. We want those resources, we want those introductions, we want the opportunity to to be in the room to at least make our business case, right? And some people are gonna say no, some are gonna say yes, but at least get us in the room, so.
0: Y'all make some noise for Dennis and Bam. Thank you, gentlemen.
8: Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order.
3: Digital trends show up every day in business decisions and actions. West Monroe is the number one strategic partner translating technology into financial value for companies. The This Is Digital podcast applies West Monroe's two decades of secrets and best practices to your business's benefit. Favorite past topics from the last three seasons include how AI and the next generation of employees are shaping the workplace, becoming a product company, Highmark's journey, and what does it mean to put the customer first? Learn more at westmonroe.com.
4: Got my PrevNAR20 shot.
3: It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise
6: folks,
4: it helps protect.
6: I'm 19. Strong.
4: And asthmatic and at higher risk?
2: may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com.
4: Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine.
8: Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip.